Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you think about your business, not just do the business. What I try to do is take different topics that I think are relevant, and quite frankly, you need to understand, I think, to have a better remodeling business and experience. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic that is one I've been thinking about for a long time. Having been in this industry for over 40 years, one of the things you gain, in addition to some gray hair, is to understand a little bit more how things have come the way they are. Uh, I've had a lot of experiences going back to the root of really, quite frankly, before there was professional remodeling. And I really wanted to take some time to really share that because I talked to a lot of people coming into the industry that, quite frankly, just don't really understand fully the dynamic and roots. And while there's many, many, I think, parts and certainly in our history in the United States that have a lot of depth and experience, the reality is that the remodeling industry is really only about a 40 to 50 year industry. And there is a timeline, there is a history to it that I think gives you a little bit more perspective. So with that being said, this podcast series is supported by many of my friends at Professional Remodeler, as well as many of the technology companies that really help to support, I think, the industry in a really, really effective way. So let me go back to the very beginning, and I will kind of talk to you about at least my Cliff Notes version, or certainly my running through the Mark Richardson filter of, you know, what the history was all about. And, you know, I grew up certainly in the 60s and 70s, like a few of the folks that are still in the business today. And many of us, I think, can't really fully appreciate and remember what things were like when it came to home remodeling back at that time. Well, in the 60s and the 70s, for the most part, home remodeling really didn't exist. Matter of fact, most homeowners who lived in a home, if they wanted a new kitchen or they wanted an additional space or they wanted to do, I think, have a very different lifestyle, their kind of American dream was moving into something else as opposed to changing what they had. And as you look back even at kind of the 60s and the 70s, there was uh, a, a movie that was out early that at least portrayed that period of time called uh, The Tin Man. And The Tin Man, the reason I encourage people to go back and listen to that or watch that particular movie is not so much because it, it's that uh, amazing of film, but more because I think it helps you understand the early roots of home remodeling and, and certainly home improvement. And that was, you know, in the 60s and 70s, Remodeling was really seen as more of an opportunity from a sales point of view to be able to have entrepreneurs make money at, you know, conveying those kind of things to the homeowners. Homeowners were oftentimes really driven by egos and by their pain and their pleasure to be able to do something. But it was actually introduced, as I highlighted in the movie, introduced more from the company more so than the consumer themselves. I think in many ways is 
highlighted in the movie, the consumer wasn't even aware of the possibilities of doing things to their home. And as a result of that, so as a result, you had a lot of, you know, unscrupulous kind of people that were getting involved in home improvement in the 60s, even to the point that many of the states and jurisdictions, they actually had commissions that were put together so that they created rules and regulations to not take advantage of homeowners at the time. Now, again, that's old news at this point, but back in the 60s and 70s, it was really kind of a big deal. So as you kind of turn the clock up from the 60s and 70s, there started to be a few seeds of pioneers that were getting out there, I think, in terms of home improvement. But one of the milestones that I want to highlight is 1980, there was a television show or about that time that came out. And that television show was on PBS and it was called This Old House. Bob Vila, who I actually interviewed on my radio show several times, really shared, I think, some insights about kind of the early days of this old house. But what this old house did that I think was very significant was it had homeowners out there that had kind of an interest in their home really, really start to appreciate what home remodeling was about, what home renovation was about, and more importantly, the all the possibilities. It was a show all about awareness. Matter of fact, when I recently met uh, the host of the present host of this old house, he was talking about you know, in the early stages, in the early 80s, uh, this old house had a, live, a listenership that really rivaled some of the main television shows at the time. But it was, again, unusual, and it was on a public broadcast system. So this old house came out, and it created a level of awareness that I really didn't e- e- exist before. I think also at that time, if you think about the media being out there in the 70s, there was only a handful of consumer what were called shelter magazines like Better Homes and Gardens or or Today's Homeowner, a few magazines. And then as we got into the 80s, we moved from, you know, one or two on the newspaper stands or the bookshelves uh, in, in, in stores to all of a sudden we had a whole sections that were dedicated to a tremendous amount of home-related type of things. So the media had a big, big influence in terms of kind of creating this heightened awareness, you know, in the 80s. You know, in the 80s, we also had a lot of conditions that were going on. Early 80s, interest rates were double digit. And that created, I think, some certainly headwinds as related to what was going on in the industry out there. But again, I think it kind of plowed through. Then also we saw in the late 70s and early 80s, some real pioneers, I think, in home improvement that I really want to try to highlight. One in particular, his name was Walt Stupperworth. Some of you remember he created a little business called Home Tech, which was turned out to be more of an estimating system and home inspection systems and all sorts of things. But Walt was one of the early days of the Tin Man era, home improvement era in the 60s and 70s. But in the 80s, he started to become more of a thinker and speaker for the industry. One of the things Walt believed very strongly was in professionalism in the industry, you had to have a solid business. And the only way to have a solid business was to make money at the business. So he introduced, I think, markups in the business that never really existed before. He got out and trained, I think, remodeling 
remodelers in the 80s and also in the 90s on different techniques, estimating different ways and trying to be more professional in business. Also, there were other individuals like Neil Kelly up in Portland, Oregon, who was an early pioneer of professionalism when it came to remodeling. He started to be focused on really helping to create, I think, the solidness in the associations of what was going on at the time. You also had organizations like uh, Hanley Wood, you know, launched uh, Remodeling Magazine and Pete Miller and others in the early days of of certainly what was happening there. Uh, we also had Fred Case. I mean, he was more of a pioneer in remodeling industry. I worked with Fred for so, so many years. And one of the things that Fred's really known as is one that was thinking about remodeling, not just doing. And as a partner with him for so many years, we developed and really pioneered design-build as we know it today. There's also some of the publications, professional publications. Dave Sauer, who unfortunately died about 20 years ago, he launched Qualified Remodeler, and that started to create a level of awareness in the remodeling in the 80s. It was really very, very different than the 60s and certainly the 70s as well. So you had these currents that were happening from many different directions. You had uh, awareness that was happening on the media side. You had the professional community that was happening, certainly with qualified remodelers as well as remodeling that gave birth and all that. But you also started to have distribution come into life. Uh, in the early 80s, that's when really the organization that's become really kind of one of the, the, the stakes in the sand, so to speak, called Home Depot. And Home Depot started by saying, you know, I think that homeowners are people out there on a do-it-yourself side, but also on a professional side. Let's start with these giant warehouses. I remember going into one of the early Home Depots in the 80s that was like a, like a, I was like a kid in the candy store. I said, oh my God, this is the most wonderful thing. I've never really seen anything like this coming from architecture and design and certainly residential design, building, construction. It was a wonderful, wonderful thing. But what it did was it created, again, a level of awareness on the part of the homeowner. Remodeling was driven in large part in terms of its growth today of almost a $500 billion business by a level of awareness more so than just the sticks and bricks and doing the projects. So also, I think at that time, you start started to see manufacturers kind of bubbling up and having a different level of significance and brand. As we got into the late 80s and early 90s, that's when we started to see even further with the media, the HDTV, the Home and Garden Show. I mean, all of a sudden, home remodeling, home-related things became entertainment, not just projects and things to fix at the house. So as we got into the 90s, we certainly saw peaks and valleys. Matter of fact, as I look back at the history, there's a series of milestones almost can, that can easily be charted out that really shows how the very high peaks of new construction 
and just darting very, very high in the very low valleys, whereas home remodeling has always been a more stable kind of curve. Matter of fact, even within home remodeling, you have larger scale remodelings, which have been uh, very much of a curve. And then you see kitchens and baths much more stable and certainly the home improvement or the specialty type replacement type remodeling has been much more stable. And that's one of the reasons it's grown so dramatically to the point today that we're seeing the level of consolidation that we are as well. So back again in the 90s, that's when we started to see the technologies roll in. I remember at our organization, we had a, a a group of students working on their master's program at George Washington University that used our company as a case study to develop a website. We didn't know what a website was in the early 90s, and they developed our first version of a website back at that point, which obviously has become kind of secondary to any company out there today. So these technologies started to get better. The level of professionalism started to get better. The associations became more of a significant part of professional remodeling community. But then we got up into the 2000s and where the 2000s became kind of interesting, not only seeing a lot of growth in the go-go times of 2004, 2005, but also we started to see the home improvement kind of decouple a little bit from traditional remodeling. Home improvement oftentimes is defined by those companies that are focused on roofing replacement, window replacement, siding, doors, those kind of things that were specialty type companies that weren't just the traditional full service type companies. And the reason I highlight that is most of those companies, not only they had some of their roots in the sticks and bricks and some sawdust, certainly in their blood, but more importantly, the better companies realized that they were marketing and sales organizations, not construction and remodeling organizations. And as a result of that, they learn how to get the phone to ring. They learn sales processes. They learn how to close deals. They learned how to do proper markups and be able to make a lot of money at those businesses. So the big growth that we've seen in home improvement and home remodeling have not been with the full service companies. I know our company was one of the largest in the country, but it was very much an anomaly compared to how some of the home improvement companies or specialty companies certainly have grown. So the technology, which we used to say it'll revolutionize the industry, it really, really has already done that. So the technology in many ways have become those companies that are more technology enabled or as certainly some leaders in the industry talk about great remodeling companies or more training organizations, not necessarily just sticks and bricks and remodeling companies out there. So we saw that growth kind of in the 2000s. Then we hit the wall, certainly in 2008. And I think that was a gigantic wake-up call, certainly for the whole industry. We saw new construction drop at that point by 75%. Larger scale remodeling dropped by 30 to 40%. But we also saw 
saw, I think, many of the survivors in that really be able to strengthen and kind of take off in, in, a, in a really solid way. Another significant, I think, milestone as I turn the clock back and kind of talk about this history is back in the mid-90s, uh, many of the manufacturers had been together at the Joint Center for Housing at, at the uh, at Harvard University, and they'd been studying and talking and thinking, and they peeled off an organization that was a remodeling futures program. Ultimately, they tapped the fellow on the shoulder by the name of Kermit Baker to really head up this program, and it's really designed to be more of a three- to five-year program to really explore and do research on home improvement and home remodeling and how significant that would be. Well, that program not only continued to grow and very strong and and certainly expand, but I think it also followed the pace that at Harvard, they're really studying, I think, many of the trends and many of the cycles that we saw today that we never really saw before. The Harvard Remodeling Futures Program uh, has ultimately become a program over 25 years. Kermit Baker certainly headed the charge for so, so many years with that, and it continues to be very, very strong. And I mention it because it also was a data source. It was also a research arm for the remodeling industry that would then spin off insights and data to allow us to be able to not only look back at the rearview mirror at things, but it also allowed us to be able to look to the future and really project. And what we know today more than ever anything is, in fact, number one, how significant the industry is. It's larger than in many ways, new construction and commercial construction and public works projects. It has really legs in it that has so many different spokes in terms of not only types of projects, but types of money being spent in different kind of ways. And as a result of that, I think now we have a little bit more of a kind of a environment or a map or kind of a lay of the land. We also see more recently some really interesting things that are happening out there that I think are are especially uh, especially highlighted. One of the things is we're seeing manufacturers and distributors come into the remodeling industry that never really happened before. One of the pioneers certainly was Anderson Windows with that, which, you know, in the original thought process, which I was involved in back in the 90s, was really to be able to kind of dabble into the business to consumer type of replacement window. Well, they thought for a minute that, well, we'll do this through our existing resources, and they realized that they had to decouple it. And while they thought they could break the code based on their own integrity and their own process, they realized that they needed to have a completely different way of doing it. So they actually married in many ways with some of these home improvement guys, which had, quite frankly, many of their thinking going all the way back to the Tin Man era. And some of those folks in the 2000s were able to grab a hold of some of the uh, RBA territories and really grow them in really significant ways. And it's become uh, not only a big, big part of certainly uh, Anderson's business, it's been kind of a, uh, a a Cinderella story, so to speak, for many businesses out there to be able to grow. But what it's also done 
is be able to introduce manufacturers directly to the consumer. It's created a whole new dealership model that's really different. And I think because of that model that's happening out there, we've seen in large part because of the availability of cash and money out there in the private equity and the investment community, we're seeing in literally in the last year, two years, three years, tremendous amount of consolidation that's happening in the remodeling industry. We're seeing some of the biggest and some of the best home improvement companies being purchased by private equity to be able to grow that. Why? Because these are businesses that can grow, which is one of the motivations. These are businesses that can scale. It's one of the motivations. These are the businesses that can, in fact, be very, very profitable along the way. So it makes it very attractive for the private equity community to really embrace and certainly help to participate in that. So moving forward, I certainly don't have a crystal ball. I certainly am not a psychic, but I do think it's important as you, whatever level of remodeling business that you have, you at least appreciate, you know, this is something that has evolved. There is a real history to this. And I think if you go back and you spend some time thinking about and talking to some of those people that really were at the deep early stages that have the scars and bruises that help to pioneer what what's out there. It really helps to create, I think, an understanding of the business that's much, much greater than what you have right now. And I think the more that you can think about your business and not just do it, the more successful you're going to be. So I hope everybody at least appreciated this little Cliff Notes history. It's obviously through, you know, one person's voice, but I encourage you to Continue the dialogue, continue to go back and look at what it was like in the early stages and how it's evolved today. And I think the more that you do that, the more understanding that you'll have. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Remodeling Mastery Podcast by Mark G. Richardson, supported by Professional Remodeler Magazine, Engage, Leap, Marlamar, and Destination Motivation. Check out our earlier podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.